Coming up, secrets of the music industry for my true entrepreneur. Welcome to the Military Millionaire Podcast, where we teach service members, veterans, and their families how to build wealth through personal finance, entrepreneurship, and real estate investing. I'm your host, David Perret, and together with my co-host, Alex Felice, we're here to be your no BS guides along the most important mission you'll ever embark on, your finances. Roger, Vic One, Oscar Mike. If you're new here, we help service members and vets achieve financial freedom through the Military Millionaire Community, which is comprised of an incredible Facebook group with over 64,000 members, an Instagram, a TikTok, a Pinterest, a social media, everywhere you want to be. We've got a blog, we've got a podcast that you're listening to right now, and we've got a YouTube channel. You should check them all out because each one is awesome. We also have the War Room, which is a paid mastermind group and the best military investing community in the world. And today's guest is Raymond Lott, a.k.a. the Marine Rapper or TMR. He's a multi-billboard charting recording artist. His music is heavily influenced by metal, hip-hop, country, and his service as a U.S. Marine. From 2004 to 2014, where he completed two combat tours and one deployment to Africa, in February of 2021, the Marine rapper achieved his first Billboard number one hit single, featuring on hip-hop's artist Topher's track, The Patriot. Now, in October 21, the Marine rapper achieved his second Billboard number six hit single, featuring Topher's track, Let's Go Brandon. And in November 21, the Marine rapper achieved his third Billboard hit number seven, featuring on hip-hop artist MJ Hank's track, I Left My Home. And there's a whole bunch of other good stuff. They even wrote a song about Yogi Bear, and it's actually really catchy. It's a cadence, and uh, you're definitely going to want to check out this interview because Raymond is smart, and he's really, really, really done some cool stuff, and he's going to help us understand how the music industry actually makes money. So the entrepreneur in you is going to be curious, and the veteran in you is going to be stoked that you hung out because this guy's fun. So have a great day, and welcome to the show. Ray, welcome to the show, brother. How are you? I am great, bro. How are you? I'm good, man. I'm excited to do this. I've been following you on Instagram for uh, a minute now as the Marine rapper, and I, I love your stuff. And so uh, this is this is going to be fun. Appreciate it, man. Yeah, I, I was like, because a lot of times, like if people don't interact or I don't see a like or something like that, sometimes I'm like, who is that person or whatever? But then if I see them engaging, I'm like, oh, wait, oh, snap, let me show some love back. You know, because sometimes like you get caught up, especially in the entertainment industry, you get caught up in like the glitz and glamour and stuff like that so i keep on trying to remind myself don't forget you came from the hood you know don't act like <laughs> you know you ain't better than nobody so go ahead and and show love or whatever and i tell people that all the time they're like oh you're such and such and i'm like no 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 i'm just ray you know what i mean so like yeah man i, I really appreciate that and so like that's why i was like i gotta show you love and, and and show the same type of love that you've been showing on ig so i appreciate that well i appreciate it brother yeah it's uh it is a weird game where people start recognizing you and you're like Dude, when I bought my first house, I was a I was a sergeant. You know, I was a recruiter, yeah. recruiting duty, and I was broke as shit. So, yeah. <laughs> um, all right, so uh, we're gonna dig into the story more later on, but I like to jump into something big right off the bat, and then and then go back in time. So, having seen massive success uh, with a song, only for it to have been removed from streaming services like two yeah. weeks later, right? You had a, the highest of highs and the lowest of lows, and we'll talk yeah. about that. <laughs> I'm curious how you deal with like the dopamine hits the highs and lows of social media and and just like life um because dude i, I mean i'm in social media on a smaller scale yeah. and 
I know like there are days where things don't hit and you're like, it, it's a weird ride. So I can't imagine that, how that felt. And I'm just curious how you kind of manage the expectations there for yourself. Um, it's crazy because in order to not get emotional, you have to know emotions and use emotional intelligence. I learned this a while ago. Emotional intelligence is like understanding why everybody's there, understanding why you're there and understanding that everybody is living in their own world. So if somebody after I, I drop a new song or drop a video when I post it online and somebody's like, this sucks. A happy person isn't saying that. <laughs> a happy person isn't logging online and saying, hey, I'm so happy and I just want to tell you how much your song sucks. No, it's an unhappy person, right? Or, yeah. or you know, a, a, a happy person isn't logging onto your account and going, I hate this podcast. They're not saying that because they're happy, right? But only it's an true. unhappy person, only, you know, they, as the saying goes, um, Misery loves company, all that. So once I use my emotional intelligence, realize, man, this person probably just wants some attention. They're just upset because, you know, their wife, their kids, whatever thing they're going through at home, their family, whatever thing they're going through is affecting the way they're talking to me. Or it could just be like a little kid online trying to troll, trying to brag about something at school next day. Or like, oh, yeah, I got the Marine rapper mad. Or, you know, I, I hate it on this guy's podcast, whatever it may be. I I just consider the source. It's an old saying that I've heard. Hey, consider the source. Consider what's going on. And then once I realize that, I'm like, man, they don't hate me. They just they're just mad at themselves. There's been times where I was just like, hey, man, what's you know, they, somebody was negative on my account or one of my songs. It's like, okay, well, they're like, your song sucks or whatever. I'm like, okay, well, since you're the professional, let me know what sh what I should do. And I'm like, I'm not being facetious at all. Tell me what I should do, whatever. And then once I respond, you know like just with honesty hey are you, are you okay how are you feeling this stuff like that they're like hey you know what i'm actually a fan man i just wanted to get your attention i've actually had comments like that they're like i wanted to get your attention so i put some negative energy out there because people do not respond to like happy stuff if you go on anybody's account if somebody goes hey congratulations good job yada 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 you won't see as many responses as the ones you see on the negative like yeah. you'll see that that's that's how the industry is that's how news is that's how podcasting is that's how music is. People only care about um, the the negative. Um, you know, I was in the journalistic field for many years in the Marine Corps as well as outside of the Marine Corps. And there's a saying, it, it goes, if it bleeds, it leads. So I just realized that people love to see destruction and violence and all that type of ne negativity. And me realizing that I'm like, oh, I can deal with this. Or some, or a lot of times I'll be like, hey, I can't get upset if I don't log on. I want to be happy today. Sometimes I'll detox. Sometimes I'll be like, no, no social media today. I won't log on. Good. Um, and also, or the first thing in the morning, um, especially because I have a routine, um, I go, the first thing I do today is not going to be open Instagram. It's not going to go to Facebook. Because if I do that, if I get, you know, I get up, wash my face, brush my teeth, you know, do my, do my daily routine, all of that and I stick on schedule, then everything's gonna be on my terms. I'm controlling my own world. I can, can, only, I can only control what, um, what I can control. You know, I can't control somebody else's life. So if I go, hey, I'm gonna do these things and nobody else around the world can get in between it because I'm just in my studio, then I'm gonna be okay. And I realize that. So it, it, I deal with it with a combination of things, emotional intelligence, I deal with it with Strangely enough, some people may call me, you know, okay, uh, what we used to say in the Marine Corps, they're a motard. They're like, you're a motard or whatever. <laughs> Moto, I don't know. 
And I'm just like, okay, whatever you want to say. But I literally use the leadership traits to to guide my life. And I go, okay, I know myself. <laughs> it seeks self-improvement, things like that, the leadership traits and principles. And I go, yeah. okay, cool. What do I need to do? Okay, I'm not good at graphics. That means that instead of me trying Photoshop right now, I need to hire a graphic person to do my album cover. And when I do that, that takes the stress away from me. And then I'm happier. And then I don't treat somebody bad, whether it's family uh, or my daughter or whoever it may be. I'm not treating nobody else bad. And then I'm not triggered by some little kid online saying my song sucks. So it's just kind of like just situation awareness, knowing yourself as well as having some emotional intelligence. And then once you're ready and once you're solid and you take care of your own household, so to speak, far as like your body, when you log on and like your podcast sucks and you see that, I'm like, okay, cool. I hope you find a good one. There's tens of thousands or hundreds of thousands of podcasts out there. Hope you find a good one. And then they're, then they have nothing to say <laughs> at that point. Like, I hate this song. Okay, cool. Have a great day. <laughs> I'm like, that's not what my numbers say. I do have people who do like it. So can you get out of the way so people who want to listen to it can listen to it? You know, <laughs> you know yeah. those, that type of thing. So like, I just realized that everybody has their own priority in their own world. And once you realize that, you'll be happier, they'll be happier. And I've actually had some of those naysayers or disguised naysayers that are actually fans. They're actually fans. All these people who comment, I'm like, man, I, if I had naysayers like the fans that I want, I would be platinum every time i drop a record you know what i mean <laughs> um so or you know what i mean or you, you, you those numbers haters are actually fans in disguise by the way and when you realize that you can actually use that to your advantage be like okay cool well what don't you like and they're like i hate i hate the way your voice sounds okay what else oh, i don't i don't like that green light behind you i was like okay cool any what anything else you don't like i don't like this and then i actually use <laughs> haters as a a uh like a testing group for research. So I'll be like, somebody will hate on me. I don't like how this looks or this and that. And I'm like, okay, tell me more. And they're telling me all these things that are wrong. And then I just take all that data and use that data to improve my brand and it's worked. <laughs> so, awesome. so it's just, it's, it's all perspective and all, and all um, self-awareness. And once you have that down pat, you're able to conquer anything, especially this stupid thing called so social media. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's funny because I've I've definitely responded to some people. My like go to when someone leaves just ridiculously hateful comments is just to be like, I hope you find happiness someday. <laughs> and, and it's like it's totally said in like a you know kind of a snarky whatever. Yeah. But it's like I mean that's that's it's so it's so true that deep down that's that's exactly what's usually going on. It's they're not mad at you. They just you know they're they're mad and they just lashing out wherever they can um but, but don't but one thing i gotta know don't get it twisted bro sometimes i do wake up and choose violence <laughs> <laughs> i do no i do like sometimes i choose violence sometimes i make a whole like diss song on somebody like i just sometimes i just yeah, have that happens sometimes i have time you know how they say oh he had hot, he had time today yeah i had time today you know sometimes <laughs> sometimes you just got to get your rocks off you know what i'm saying so sometimes i'll do it you know the, the marine is still there sometimes I'm it's, just like, it's good engagement it's yeah, yeah. it's good engagement you go you go back at those guys and they always comment it's like i can get like 10 or 15 comments out of this on my yeah, yeah um, like, thank you for, i'm like thank you for the views you know? yeah thanks for the engagement buddy <laughs> i know that's yeah. not what you were going for that's funny all right so if we go back in time 
You were a Marine, obviously, the Marine rapper sure. wearing his red hat, USMC hat, which I need to buy one of those. I don't, I was just talking the other day. I was like, when I was a recruiter, we used to talk shit about how all the old vets come in like red hatters. That's what they, that's what they yeah. call them. And I'm like, I'm like, why don't I have one of those yet? I need to wander around <laughs> in one. That's when you, that's um, when you know, that's when you know we're getting old, bro. I know, I know. I'm like, I need one of those hats. Um, <laughs> so what's your, what's your, uh, what'd you do in the Marine Corps? You said journalist. Were you com cam? No. Well, that people call me that anyway. They go com cam or combat Kodak or hey photo guy or whatever. But I actually was what you call a combat correspondent or a war oh, journalist. Cool. Yeah. So if you've ever seen that movie, uh, Full Metal Jacket, Private Joker, he was a photojournalist that was embedded within an infantry battalion. And that's exactly yep. what I did. So I served um, 10 years in the Marine Corps as a combat correspondent with infantry battalions in Iraq and Afghanistan africa all around the world and stuff like that um oh, wow. and i was just covering stories and taking photos and stuff like that and uh my number one mission as like first sergeant would say would be like don't get nobody killed <laughs> you know what i mean yeah. like, just get just stay out of the way so like i had to be <laughs> faster than everybody and like the the most concealed type of individual imagine if you see a photo a war photo of somebody going like this there's a com cam down there. I, I, I usually use the term com cam because they call us all com cam. But there's a yeah. combat correspondent or a combat uh, photo down there um, <laughs> taking a photo. If you see this, there's a yeah. he, there's a, a, a lanky, fast guy that's down, down range. Like, and that trying was not me. to get shot. Yeah. Trying not to get shot, man. I was, I was jumping rooftop to rooftop like Aladdin. Like, boom, boom, boom. Because um, in Iraq, where I was, the rooftops were, like, literally uh, yeah. lower. So I was running, because I would like to get like arrow shots. Um, I would like to, you know, get some really cool shots of in front of the troops a lot of the time. Yeah. And I was, I don't know what I was thinking or what was in my mind, but like when you're like super young and you want to like prove something, like you're just doing all this stupid stuff. And they're like, and I was like, how did I get shot in that situation? Yeah. So, yes, yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. We've all, all of us have those, uh, those stories, I think from our time in the core of like, Ooh, I probably shouldn't have been doing that thing, but uh, I'm glad I'm still here. Yeah, no, I'm I'm, I'm glad I'm still here, but it's crazy. I have, I have, you know, the stories to tell, but I think they call it um, Comistrat now. They, like, combined everything. Yeah, they, yeah, it's it's a whole weird hodgepodge now of everything, yeah. But I didn't do that the whole time. I actually, me and you actually have a parallel because I actually was the, um, I, I did an A-billet at recruiting. Oh, when, so where were you a recruiter? I did. I was an MPA. I don't know if you remember those guys. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah so I was. Oh, I awesome. was actually um, up in up near the Dallas area, um, Dallas Fort Worth area, in a town called Pantigo, right by Arlington, where yeah. the like you know all the sports teams and stuff play and stuff. Huh. Um, but yeah, Ranger, go go Rangers, right? Um, <laughs> but because uh, they won, uh, I got a crazy yeah. story about that. I got a crazy story about the Rangers in both of the bushes little later i'll tell you but um <laughs> I yeah i was up in pantigo off of eighth marine corps district um uh out there in you know dallas fort worth area and stuff like that so i was doing all the like inflatables and the uh educators workshop and you know yeah just, i was being the nice guy with the teachers and kind of like a caveat i mean kind of like a, a conduit and kind of like a middle guy between you know the recruiters and the teachers and things like that so yeah, yeah so that was uh 2000 and 11, 12, around that time. That was when I asked out Betty White to the ball. Yeah, <laughs> I saw that. Yeah, so I asked out Betty no. White to the ball during that time, and it caused a whole issue, and 
Uh, you know Betty White. Like, you know, I, I, I didn't take Betty White. I actually took Linda Hamilton from Terminator. So oh, I didn't I actually, realize that. Yeah, that's awesome. Sarah Connor. So after Betty White said no when I asked about Betty White to the ball, um, and it went viral and stuff like that, at the time it was on YouTube and nobody knew what viral was at that point. There was no Instagram. Yeah. And I asked about Betty White and I was getting all these views on YouTube and they're coming on the news. Gail King, Oprah's friend is all talking about it and stuff. And I'm just like, wow, this is like big leagues and stuff like that. And then Betty White's like, yeah, I can't go. But if you want to, you know, stop by at any of my shows or hang out with me or whatever, we could do something like that. And then Sarah Connor makes a video. It's still up there on YouTube. Sarah Connor makes a video on YouTube and says, hey, I feel so bad. I've been bawling my eyes out because Betty can't go. So if you would, please, please, please go with me. And she like basically begs me. It's up there on YouTube. You can pull it up. Uh, Sarah Connor asked um, uh, Marine to ball something like that. It should be up oh, there. Oh, hell yeah. I see yeah, it. I am to yeah, I'm going to totally put yeah. that in the show notes later. That's awesome. Absolutely, absolutely put it in there. It's a hilarious thing. There's another one uh, of me asking out Betty White, and I'm like doing like a mock PFT, but I'm only doing like one pull-up. Um, it just, it's just it's, like a ridiculous thing. It's funny because I wrote three letters to Taylor Swift asking her to go to the ball oh, while really? I was in, Afghan in Afghanistan. But, uh, you know, I never got a response. Two of them two of them came back, returned to sender. I don't know if the third made it. Um, I found, like, every address I could online, and I'm, like, sending them from, like, the MWR. I'm, like, yeah. Because <laughs> um, I was, like, kind of during that – I forget who it was who started that trend. Um, was it, it – Yeah, uh, was, he did a guy over – it was a sergeant. He, he did it – he did it um, – the first was, uh, person yeah, was your Mila name? from Milas Kunis. Mila, Mila, that's what it is. Yeah, Mila Kunis. Yeah, and then oh, then, the, then the girl asked out Justin Timberlake. Yep, that's there's right. a girl. That's that's actually my buddy because like I actually got to know her, and we have the same birthday and everything, which is another weird thing. But she's an <laughs> MMA. She's an MMA fighter, bro. Oh, red. So that's yeah, she's an MMA fighter, and then we got to know each other and become friends and stuff like that. And then um, then I asked out. Betty White after that, because we're like, there was like three of us who did it. And then after that, the yeah. Marine Corps was like, we need to cut down on this. <laughs> we're like, which we don't is, know what Which is weird, because like, that's, to me, that seems like a good publicity thing. Like, celebrities are like, oh yeah, the Marine Corps ball, of course I want to do that. But, but it's, it's crazy, because like, back then, it was like taboo for military to be online. True. That's true. But it was, it's so crazy, now you think about it, now they have all types of online extracurricular oh, yeah. activities. Oh yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's, uh, some of it that you're like that doesn't even meet like uniform codes at all, but nobody seems to care. So whatever. No. Um, all right. So were you always into music, or when did you decide you wanted to be an artist? Uh, okay. So I always listened to music, but it wasn't rap. I've always okay. so so I was born in Newark, New Jersey, former murder capital across the bridge from New York. Right. Okay. My mom. Um, so. Newark, New Jersey, Shaq is from there, uh, Naughty by Nature, they're from there, Queen Latifah's from there, um, a Red Man is from there. Like, a lot of people are from Jersey, right? So, it, a lot of successful people come out of there, but it's not yeah. a nice area in some okay. cases. Um, so, my mom wanted to get out of there. She's like, let's get out of here. So, like, when I was, like, four or five or whatever, when my mom, mom and my dad broke up or whatever, I went over to uh, San Diego, California, um, and I moved out there to a place called Oceanside, California, Oceanside, <laughs> Cali Oceanside, California is a city outside of a Marine Corps base called mm, Camp Pendleton. And I, don't, I, I know, you know, but I just want to share it with the people. If you guys don't, don't know or whatever, 
Yeah, but, I got stuck there twice. Man, man and, and I'm going to tell you how I got there, but, like, before all, any of the Marine Corps stuff happened, I was just, like, an awkward kid listening to rock music because out there in Oceanside, California, it's an area called Tri-City, and all they did was skateboard, rollerblade, bike, and listen to yep. rock music and listen to grunge music, and that's what I they that's did. Like, that's like a Yellow Card's backyard. Yellow Card, <laughs> X Games, uh, Sublime, um, yep. all that type of stuff, that, that whole like skateboarding culture and then not until they started incorporating like hip-hop and skate videos was when i started getting the hip-hop and i started a freestyle and started to rap battle people like there we had a movie theater and there was like a um there were stairs and underneath the stairs we would rap battle and stuff like that and i started getting better and better and better because i was like really bullied and the way to get back to people would be like i want to hurt you with my words because i couldn't physically do it because i used to be four foot eleven and like 90 pounds um okay and reckon with yeah and so like i got made fun of and then i kind of like found hip-hop and freestyling and stuff like that and then also wrestling i got on the wrestling team but i was still four foot eleven i used to wrestle uh, at 112 it's kind of crazy because i'm like man if i was stuck with wrestling would i be like would i be doing mma right now it's, it's just crazy yeah. to think about but i was like 112 pounds and then i got a growth spurt and i grew like a foot or whatever um but i'm still in the rock music still and then um then I started working at Taco Bell as a rapper. I was wrapping up the tacos. I was literally a rapper at Taco Bell. And, and I don't know if you know the the creator, Glenn Bell, is actually a Marine. He just passed away, but Glenn Bell Glenn Bell made Taco Bell. Um because he was doing burgers and tacos and then he was like, I want to do something nobody's doing. So he he went and he uh went that route. Glenn Bell did. Yeah. But anyways, like I just was into rock music, but not that much into rap. Uh but I was like getting better at rapping, but I wasn't like the level I'm at now. Like there's so many nuances, like to be a full artist. Like I produce my own stuff now, but I wasn't there. I was just freestyling, like rap yeah. battling. Like if you've ever seen like um, eight mile with Eminem, like that in somebody's face and saying, Oh, look at your shoes. You know what I mean? Stuff <laughs> like that. You just make fun of them basically. And your mom is yeah. so fat. Like, you know what I mean? Like the stupid <laughs> stuff. And then I was working at Taco Bell and then I came across my recruiter and she was just like, hey, look at yourself. Like, what are you going to do with your life, et cetera, et cetera. You're going to work at Taco Bell for the rest of your life. So imagine my recruiter is a female for one. Small little blonde ball of fire is telling me I need to get my life together. It's like, hey, what are you going to do with your life? You need to do something. And she thought, what are you waiting on? And I didn't tell her what I was waiting on, but she didn't, she didn't know at the time. I was like, am I afraid to die? Right. That that's mm. that was in my brain. That was the thing that was way more, because all the you know recruiters, you being a recruiter, you know you put out those freaking square little tabs that says money, food, travel, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. <laughs> and she's putting these stupid little Lego pieces in front of me, and I'm like not in, interested in any of them. But she doesn't know it, and I know that you know when you're trying to like what do you guys call it, pack somebody out or whatever. Yeah, when you, yeah, guys, the... when you guys are trying to figure it out. And you don't know what the kid is thinking. And I was thinking, am I afraid to die? You know what I mean? Because my mom's like, your dad. By the way, also, my dad's a Marine, too. Like, every male oh, in my know. family has ever been a Marine. My dad, my stepdad, my uh, my cousin, my uncle, everybody, Marine. So she's like, you're going to go to war? Because this was, like, after I had got my degree in drafting. This was after I um, after I knew everything about my dad. And it was after 9-11 and everything. So my mom was like, you're going to die. Da, da, da. She's like, I don't want my baby going to war. She's like, they're going to make you infantry. You're going to go overseas to Iraq with infantry. And I'm like, mom, I'm going to be okay. I'm going to be okay. 
and I'll tell you what happened later, but like be, be okay. And then I gave up rap music at that point because I got over it and I was like tired of my mom, like living in the apartment and stuff like that. And I wanted to help my family and stuff like that. So I was like, I'm gonna join the Marine Corps. How, how bad could it be? So I go there and I'm like, I'm gonna join. What's my job? She's like, I got you open contract. I said, oh, okay, cool. I go home. My mom knows all about the military because her husband, Marine, said, hey, mom, uh, they gave me open contract and I'll leave in two weeks. She's like, open contract? She's like, you're smart. You just graduated drafting school. Go back and tell her you want a smart job. And I go back and me, smart job translated into something in entertainment because I was rapping, kind of. I go back. I tell the recruiter, I want something in entertainment. She's like, entertainment? She's all. Get out of here. Come back tomorrow. I'll, I'll get you something. <laughs> I come back. She's like, I got you public affairs. Now get the F out of my office. And, and so I, then I then I go to MEPS and stuff. She doesn't tell me, like, that I have to do this test and stuff. But anyways, I ended up scoring, like, higher or whatever. And um, then I go to boot camp and stuff, and I'm doing my boot camp thing. And then they, they reveal the jobs, right? Yeah. And the, the drill instructor's like, private joker. I'm like, what? What's a private joker? He's like, you're a private joker. You'll see. Anyways, then afterwards, I go to um, MOS school, and they're like, all right, MOS school, you guys are in public affairs MOS school at Fort Meade, Maryland. You're going to learn how to write and take pictures, and this is what you guys are doing. So I go and do that. I pass it. Um, after the second time, I flunked, which is kind of crazy. I flunked the first time because I, I did like a wrong error. You can't have errors in writing because they're trying to teach oh, us not to have yeah. errors in the newspaper. So I flunked the course. I redid it. And then after I redid it, they're like, hey, we're going to approve 10 people to go to Japan to do this radio thing to be a radio journalist. And so imagine me, I was in the music and I was like, oh, cool. Maybe I can like finagle something, you know, doing the like radio thing. So I go and I do the audio edition and they're like, yeah, you failed. And I'm like, how'd I fail? They're like, you mispronounced the word ask. <laughs> me being a me being a black yeah, me being a black kid or hood or if you're using any slang, I know you know what I'm talking about. We a lot of us say ask. We say, Hey, let me ask you a question. Like, <laughs> ask, ask me a question. And so like I that's how I grew up and stuff like that. Us all our neighbor yep. neighborhood kids. We say ask you a let me ask you a question. I never pronounce the word ask. If you go into the if you go into like my catalog, some of the words in there is the word ask just as a like, if you know, you know, type of thing. I say ask in my rap just to show that I could do it rapping fast. But that <laughs> so they're like, because you mispronounce the word ask, you cannot go to Japan. You cannot be radio. You cannot be Robin Williams. Not happening. So I'm like, man. So they're like, they're like, but what we're going to do is we're going to send you to a prestigious unit in California. And I'm like, okay, what's that? They're like first Marine division. Cause I had first oh, class PMT and everything. I didn't know what it was at first. Right. And, uh, I go to first and then I realized that first Marine division means that I'm going back to my hometown of Oceanside, California. So basically I felt like a reservist in, of sorts or something because I just went on base. And then anytime I wanted to come off base, when we had Liberty, I went off base and like, did that type of thing yeah. and then they're like who wants to go to iraq me like i was like i gotta get out of here. i was like i gotta get out of here i gotta get out of here right now i didn't join up to go nowhere so like at that moment all of my music aspirations were put on pause i'm not like doing nothing right and then yeah. so like when i was over in iraq i'm like freestyling and stuff and I'm just like, man, I wish I would have like had like a recorder or something that I could have be like putting all my raps down with. 
So the next time when I deployed to Afghanistan, I made sure that I had a whole like portable studio. I'll send you the picture. You can, you know, show the people the, the picture Beautiful. later or whatever, but it's me inside of one of the, the tents, like mixing my own stuff with headphones on. Like, and I have a shaved head and I'm in my skivvies and stuff like that. And it's like one of the dopest pictures ever, not because I was good because I sucked, but it was because, um, shows the journey. I, it's the beginning. You know what I mean? It's just the beginning. Yeah. So, that, so it's, it's, like that, uh, it's like that picture of Jeff Bezos working on a table. Yeah. At the door. And it's just like what Amazon in the back or something. No, yeah, what yeah. Is it? <laughs> yeah. It says Amazon like on the side and like some crappy yeah. poster with like, doesn't look anything like their logo now. Yeah. No. It looks. It literally looks like hip hop because it looks like spray paint or something on the wall or something. Yeah. Uh, but yeah, so like I started to pick up music back up in Afghanistan, and then after I got back, and then asked out Betty White to the ball. That was when I noticed that I had a knack for social media. And then my sergeant at the time, he was like, "Hey man, this social media stuff is picking up. Why don't you use social media stuff to propel your music?" And I was just like, "Oh snap! I can leverage the social media to boost my music up." And so that's when my music stuff started to pick back up was like in 2011 and 12 and stuff like that. And then after I spent 10 years in, I, I, I did like a two, two year extension down there in New Orleans at Mar 4 Res, um, down there in New Orleans by the Coast Guard and stuff like that. And they're like, what do you want to do? Do you want to stay in? Because I was a sergeant at the time. They're like, do you want to stay in? Do you want to get out? And I was like, I'm a sergeant right now. And I don't want to be a staff sergeant that's not thinking about the troops and stuff. So what I'm going to do is I'm going to get out. They're like, what are you going to do? And I'm like, I'm going to be a rapper. And they're like, yeah, right. <laughs> Which is like so funny. It's a part of the journey. You know what I mean? They're yeah. like, do you have a plan? And I was like, no. And like my staff and CEOs were very smart by saying that I needed a plan because I figured that out afterwards. But I started to pick it up after I decided to get out. I went to, um, it's called the Los Angeles Film School off of Hollywood Boulevard, Los Angeles Recording School. A lot of people have been there. A lot of yeah. famous people and stuff. They record there all the time. Like when the school closes, like a lot of your favorite acts, they go in there and they record in those school studios. That's cool. Um, so I, I, I went there and I started taking music seriously, really there, uh, because imagine I have this American flag jacket wearing all black leather. I have a red mohawk, have a bandana on my head and I'm sitting there and then we're doing like this, like introductions. So I'm sitting there and then next to me is another guy who looks kind of like gothic and stuff, a black guy in in like black gothic gear, dreadlocks and stuff. And then, so the teacher asked that kid, he says, hey, what do you do? And he's like, well, I'm, I'm in a metal band and I make like metal beats, but like I put the metal guitar on top of a rap trappy beat, but I don't know any rapper that could do that or likes rock music. And I'm like, I'm sitting there next, I'm about to introduce myself next. And I'm like, bro, I grew up off of rock music and I could rap. He's all, nah. He's all, you could rap on these guitars? I was like, bro, I got you. And then after that, we made this song called Star Spangled Banger, which is like my flagship song that it, that kind of like expresses how I feel as like a patriotic American being black because that's so controversial um, that because I, you're not supposed to be patriotic if you're black. But people were like, how could you be patriotic? How could you be patriotic? And stuff like that. So I was just like, whatever. Um, so I just explained that. And then because I explained my emotions, talking about how patriotic I am and how I serve the country and this is the things I get after I come back, that was like my biggest, my first biggest hit. And Apple featured it. 
Um, it's got millions of uh, streams and views and all types of stuff across all the platforms and stuff like that. And, you know, it generated a whole bunch of revenue and stuff, but it, it kind of like set the tone for the rest of my career. And then I realized that the it was cool that I was freestyling and rapping and stuff, but all I had to do was combine my love for rap music, rock music and social media, and I was able to make a career. And so that is how I was able to uh, take my love and my interest for music and make it into a career. I love it, man. What a journey. I mean, that's uh, <clears throat> like full circle. And it's it's funny how life works out. People say, uh, you know, you're lucky, but it's like luck is when opportunity meets hard work. Like you yeah. you're in the right place at the right time because you were trying to accomplish something. And the guy next to you is like, I'm looking for this. And you're like, oh, shit, that's an opportunity. <laughs> like that's that's just life works that way if you're looking for stuff and if you're working towards your goals and uh, that's super cool. Um, <clears throat> all right. So out of curiosity, um, let's see where we go next. Uh, I, I guess really just curious, um, you know, in the music industry, like I, I don't, so I've got a friend who's a producer and he's yeah. always like, you know, the money's in producing. Um, but I'm curious, like, like how does it work from a financial aspect? Like on the rap side, like I don't like is is most your like when you when, as far as like income streams is that like ad revenue is that labels is that views like where where do you see the majority of the impact for your efforts? Great question. So as I was in school and I was about to graduate, um, just the the music course, music production, being able to you know play keys and stuff like that, I thought, what would Master P do? What would the big moguls do? would they just go to school to learn the music side? And I said, no, when I watched Master P, he always knew the business side. And the reason why Master P is killing it right now in any business he does is because he always goes, this is a business. How can I leverage whatever talent, skill, product to turn into a business side? So I was like, okay, I'm gonna stay in school two more years to get my business degree in, in music. So that's what I did. Awesome. Um, and because I did that, they taught me everything that I needed to know as far as copyrights, far as royalties, far as streaming, far as sales, far as uh, marketing, far as transmedia. Are you familiar with transmedia? I'm not, no. I, I think I, most people are actually, if you think about it. So if you know Disney, okay. if you know Marvel, if you know Star Wars, if you know those brands, then you know that what they leverage for uh, their sources of revenue is transmedia. So I may go, hey, I I know I have a great personality, but they're not into rap. My this my my fan base isn't into rap, so they haven't bought a rap song yet. However, they may they may buy my book. So I'm mm. transferring my story from rap to a book. I'm transferring my story from rap to a podcast. I'm transferring my story from rap to a toy. I'm so that's what Disney and okay. Marvel does. So ev everybody's kind of like familiar with it, but they probably just didn't know the term. But they taught yeah, me that in school. But you, you, but you know Disney and you know all them. Oh what yeah, they yeah, yeah. So it's like I may not, you know, we may have grown up with the comic book, but the kids today they don't care about that. They care about the pop doll. So I want a pop doll of Spider Man instead of the book. But you know, uh, a girl wouldn't care about nothing like that. She may want the Spider Gwen stuffed animal. So you go, what is? How can I leverage my content or my IP in, in into a another stream of revenue? So that is what I learned in school and how to do. So knowing that, I go, okay, I have the back end of the streaming coming in. 
okay? And I and I make sure that I get as much percentage of that streaming revenue by creating most of the songs. So um, if either I buy the beat or I make the beat. So now I own that. Ownership is key. That's so, so musicians, producers, if you're listening, ownership is key. If you don't own the beat, you don't. If you haven't written the music, you fail. T, t, uh, one of the most famous stories is TLC. Most of them didn't make money because they didn't write those songs. The person who was making the most money off of it, R.I.P., is Lisa Left Eye Lopez because the ri- rapper was writing her own lyrics. So when it came for the royalties of the writing that we get paid every quarter. Um, by the uh, they're called PROs. They're called performance right organizations. Um, and if your producer friend is not on there, he needs to be because that's a back end type of uh, music stream revenue. Um, okay. when, every quarter, you get paid for the royalties for the writing, for the actual performance, and the mechanical. So there's three things. Mechanical used to be CDs, but mechanical is actually the production. If I made the beat. Right. If I made the instrumental, I get paid for that. If I wrote it, I get paid for that. If I performed it, I get paid for that. So, for example, if I'm Michael Blueblay and I sing a Christmas song and I'm just singing it and somebody else, and you know, Bing Crosby, he did everything else, then that means I only get one third. If I made the beat as Michael Blueblay, that means I get two thirds because I made the beat and I sung it. But the writer credit is still going to go back to Bing Crosby. It, and that's that's an example for you. So you want to make sure that you have as much ownership as you can of that record. We call it a record in the music industry. We don't say song, we say record. Uh, control of the record. We want to make sure that we have a physical product, whether it's merch, a, a stuffed animal, a comic book, whatever. We want to make sure that we do shows and we want to make sure we control as much as we can of that show. For So if, if you can... Um, cut out some of the middlemen, you can make money there. Um, also, there's also one of the big uh, money revenue streams is synchronization. So I've done this before. Uh, I synchronized my song to a uh, commercial. So if you've ever watched UFC or you've ever watched Disney or if you watched um, any sports show and you'll see a song pop up for like five, sec- five to 10 seconds, that's called a synchronization. Um, you can do that on sports. You can also do it on reality shows. So if you hear like a you know, a pop song or a hip hop song in the back of keeping up with Kardashians, that's a synchronization. Um, recently, one of my biggest syncs was with uh, a movie by Denzel Washington called Journal for Jordan. So one of the big songs that I've done that was a bill, also a billboard hit is called uh, I Left My Home. So yep. they paid, um, Sony paid us to use a, a 15 second snippet in that movie. That's cool. So there is there's about um, seven revenue, five to seven revenue streams that artists can take advantage of. But you want to make sure that you register your music through the performing rights organization. You want to make sure that you own this music, because once you own it, then when Sony, Disney, whoever come along and say, hey, I would like to synchronize this music, then you could get paid off of the licensing. So it's like you can. So so. You know, Sony pays you, ESPN pays you, and you can get keep you can keep getting paid because one thing that artists don't do, one of the biggest mistakes, and it's crazy because if you listen to Jay Z, Jay Z is one of the biggest um, business people in music. He says one of his my my favorite lines that I use as inspiration. He says, "I'm not a businessman. I'm a business man," which means is I treat myself as a business. I treat myself as an IP. So if you want me to show up. I'm I'm in appearance. You need to pay for that. If you want me to speak, that's another fee. If you want me to perform, that's another fee. If you want me to sit there and sign albums, that's another fee. That's another fee. So look, I just I just I told people how to get four streams of revenue on an appearance. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. So 
it's so if you treat yourself and look at yourself differently and you say, hey, I'm worth this amount of money. And why am I amount of, why am I worth this amount of money? It's because I bring this, this and this and this and this to the table, you know, um, and, and that's basically how I make money. I make money treating myself like an IP and I say, OK, cool. How can I leverage this? And then or, you know, I'm going to ask you, hey, can I grab a snippet of this podcast? I'll grab that. And then what we'll do, both of us can do it. We put it on social media. We can um, we can generate revenue through the ads that's on this piece of content. You know what I mean? A snippet from this. So if if people are are really true um, entrepreneurs, if they're really true business people, they can leverage their skill as a product. And that's what I do. I don't look at myself as a as a musician, I look at myself as an entrepreneur because an entrepreneur is trying to make money everywhere. I want to, I want to show what I want to, you know what I mean? Cause I, Gary B said something uh, I saw the other day. Cause somebody was like, I'm an entrepreneur like you, Gary. And Gary's like, hold up. He's all, don't take this. Don't take this bad. Don't take offense to this, but you're not an entrepreneur. An entrepreneur like me is showing up at a garage sale. An entrepreneur like me is selling a baseball card. An entrepreneur like me is selling wine. I have no shame. I'm an entrepreneur. You may be entrepreneurial, but you're not an entrepreneur. Me, I'm like, how can I get my music on a kid show? How can I get my music on UFC? How can I sell my shirt to a girl? How can I sell my shirt to a boy? You know what I mean? Like, that's what I'm thinking. How can I get a grandma to listen to my music? You know what I mean? Things like that. That's entrepreneur. It's like grabbing whatever product or skill you have and finding a way to monetize it or connect that service with an individual to solve an issue and solve a problem. Uh, but I just don't like, I don't look at myself as a, a rapper or, or just a rapper or just a musician. And then once I changed my mindset, I was able to generate more revenue um, with the different streams of, uh, uh, with the different streams that I just spoke about. Beautiful. All right. Uh, let's see here. Um, so we got like a little bit of time left and I got at least two more questions I want to run to. I'm going to skip ahead to this Absolutely. one though, because it, it fits. Cause obviously you're smart enough to have done the business finance side, which I really, really, really like. I think there's some great advice there. Um, and I, and some, I learned some things I didn't know that if you, if someone covered your song, you still got, that's, that's really cool. Um, so I'm curious, that kind of leads into this one, I guess. So your three biggest hits, uh, well, I don't know for sure that they're your three biggest, but from what I could tell your three biggest hits, um, all seem like they're perfectly timed for trend jacking. Um, is that intentional or is it just kind of a coincidence? So like, you know, Patriot was right around number one yeah. after the election, <laughs> right? And then, uh, so like your three biggest hits, as I can tell, um, all seem to have been timed around specific events. And I don't know yes. uh, if that was intentional or if just coincidence for how you were, how you were feeling at the moment. Bro, very, very much intentional. Very much intentional. Um, because the thing is, is one thing that I learned from life in the Marine Corps is like, you got to be fast, man. <laughs> you got to be, yeah. you got to be fast. And I, I realized speed. And then I, I realized that if I'm able to be the first out there with a solid product, I am going to be, and I'm first to market. I am going to be able to get everybody, garner everybody's attention. And then they're going to be interested in that. And they're going to notice me as the person who brought them that news. I broke it first. And that's what happened. That's why TMZ is so big, because they're always the first. So, yes. And I was only able to do that, like how you spoke before, was because I record every single day. 
So yeah. when some when news broke, I was like, oh, I can record this in 30 minutes and have it up on Spotify. Like, cause I, cause I already knew the game. I said, oh, I know how to do this. But if I, if I, if I wasn't recording and if I wasn't ready, it was the, it was luck, but it was also, I had, you have to be ready when, when a big moment comes, you have to be ready. So yeah, it absolutely was trend jacking or whatever you, whatever you want to call it. Yeah, a absolutely. Absolutely. Why would I not? If you're an independent okay. artist, why aren't you going to take advantage of everything you possibly can? I think that's brilliant. Like, yeah, I, I feel like that. It, not even mute. Not even for musicians, but anybody. You need to be like, what are they talking about right now? They're talking about a holiday. They're talking about this. They're talking about election. They're talking about you know Taylor Swift. Whoever it is, if you are in this space and you are not trend jacking, regardless whether you're in music, whether in your real estate, whether whatever you're in, you're not saying, hey, this house is identical to Taylor Swift's. And that's why you need to buy it or whatever, however you would say it in, in you know, real estate. If you're not trend jacking, you're missing out on free advertising. Because the thing is, if everybody is talking about Taylor Swift, the news is already saying that everybody and then the news and all these other uh, outlets are paying for that advertising. Why not piggyback off of that and get that free advertising to push your product or service? It would be stupid not to. Now you save the money on the advertising. That's great. All right. So the one thing I do want to make sure that we get to before we wrap this up yeah. uh, is, so you, we alluded to it. So January 6th, 2021, yeah. the Patriots topping charts, you know, number three on yeah. hip top, four on R&B, 36 in all digital songs. Crushing it was number charts. one. It was number one. It was, oh, I'm sorry. I, I no, 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 no. When it came back, it was. Okay. It so was, that's what I was going to ask was, yeah, yeah. was, can you tell us about the experience and, and like, <laughs> if you ever got clarity on why it got removed and how you got it back? I know we don't have, you know, a, a ton of time left, but yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I'd, I'd love to hear. I mean, that's, that's, bro, I can't imagine the emotional ride that must have been. Bro, it was so crazy. It was so crazy. So like, so like we're topping the charts because Mariah Carey just had her number one and then it was the week after. So nobody cares about Christmas anymore. And we knew that. So we knew we can get in that hole where nobody's dropping music because people were being lazy, right? So how did how did that feel? Like the the emotional roller coaster between having a hit song get yanked and then come back and everything else. How did how was that experience? It was a test of resiliency. Yeah. It was a test of resiliency because that was uh my first billboard charting single. So imagine I was in the Marine Corps and I had a lot of naysayers and people saying I could never do it mm. to charting on the highest music chart with industry people. So, so it was like, so it was like, I finally made it, you know what I mean? Um, you know, made it out the hood, made it on the charts, you know, proved some naysayers wrong and stuff. And then it gets yanked. And I'm like, what? So I was like, okay. Then I thought, how does Billboard collect their data on sales? And they said there is no restriction on selling hard copy person to person. Mm. So that's where I, you know, Master P keeps on coming up because I love that dude. Yeah. I said, what did Master P do? He's like, he, he parked in the parking lot and said, hey, want a CD? Want a CD? Want a CD? If you didn't want it, you just kept walking. Want a CD? Want a CD? So what we did, we didn't literally like sell it hand to hand, but I, I, uh, put hard copies on my website. There you go to the, now you can't do that anymore. <laughs> like they, they made the, 
Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. We we was in there in a crazy like loophole type of time where they had no rule against selling hard copy CDs of one single. Now you can't sell one single on a hard copy CD to count towards the numbers on Billboard. Now you have to sell a whole album. And I know for a fact we had a big impact on that. One hundred percent. I know it. You know, it. everybody else listening, you guys know it for a fact, because you couldn't go nowhere without hearing that song. If you were like people. If, I don't know if you see it's at um about to hit 18 million. So yeah, so um yeah, so the feelings the feelings sucked, but then it was resiliency. I was like, okay, we're gonna sell hard copies. And we sold so many hard copies, and I'm gonna tell you the price. We sold a hard copy of the single for twenty dollars each. Damn. One song, twenty dollars each, hard copy CD. We signed it and we sold we had to cap it at over over two thousand, something like that. Wow! So if you do the math, yeah, and, yeah, and 40, no, 40 no, no, lab, no labels in it, dude. That's so we, killer. but that's but that's on top of all the other stuff we already got. So yeah. as an independent artist, they're not seeing that. They may have it on their advance, but people don't people don't realize that the artists have to pay it back. We didn't have to pay that back. Forty grand, right? Bam! In in a week's work, dude. Yeah, because you guys had a movement off, going. Off one song. One song. Yeah, that song was killer. I, I mean, that's how I found you. Was I was listening to you and Topher busting it out to Patreon. Yeah. And I was and, like, uh, but people, this, this, this is something that people don't know. The producer is actually a Marine, too. Oh, really? His name's Killavit. Yeah, and I'll, I'll, I'll connect you with him because he has a lot of music and stuff. Maybe you could, um, you know, connect with him. Who knows? But anyways, his name's Killavit, too. So we all basically team huddled. You know what I mean? Hey, Team Circle. What are we gonna do? We're gonna give up, or we're gonna, or we're gonna, uh, or we're gonna make this happen. And I was like, we're gonna make this happen. They're like, hey, TMR, you got the marketing background, right? So what should we do? I said, we're gonna do it how I said how I said uh, I told them we're gonna do it just how a master P does it. Then we're gonna sell it out the trunk virtually, and then that's how it happened. But like to to really kind of like sum it up, like I just use my military like grit and said we're not gonna give up. We're not going to give up. We can't give up. We went too far. So not only did we get back on the charts, we debuted at number one by selling hard copies. I love it. I so love we, and you know what I mean? It's a perfect storm. You just have to pay attention and, and pay attention to the market and pay attention to everything. And, and you can make anything you want happen. It doesn't matter what industry I did it with music, but you can do it. Like, you know, it was real estate. Um, you can do whatever, but the, the trend jacking thing, it works, but People think, oh, yeah, I could just j jack a trend or whatever you could, but you're not going to have that level of you're not going to have that level of success or you're not going to be able to repeat that level of success if you're not ready the next time. So that's why you see consecutive times. You see it, it was, yeah, the Patriot, but then I left my home and then um, let's go, Brandon. And then uh, what is it? We have I have one a new one called Yogi Bear is dead. Like I was going to bring that up. I've been jacking. I've been rocking out to that one i love it like like you know what i mean like so, good. <laughs> and, keep, and, and we, we were talking to people me and my buddy his name's jonathan jonathan michael fleming he's he's an army guy and i'm a marine so we got that we got the two you know the juxtaposition um and we talked to people and they're like we want a funny cadence and we're like okay we listened to we listened to the audience we said all right we'll make one and then they and then it's about to hit a million um views on on youtube you know what i mean um, and, and we just were like, hey, we're not going to take ourselves too seriously, too. That's another thing, a bit of advice I want to give people. It's like, don't take yourself too seriously. Like, 
you're human like anybody else. We make mistakes. We, we do great things. We do, you know, we, we mess up, whatever. We get back up and keep on fighting and keep on striving. But if you take yourself too seriously all the time, you're not going to be able to really have that level of success that you want to attain. You know, even Einstein, he would like juggle. You know what I mean? He would do like silly stuff. You know what I mean? So like there's a lot of great minds that would always do silly stuff and not take themselves too seriously because in order for you to do great stuff and do serious stuff and and hit those high levels, you have to be able to decompress with some type of hobby or some type of like fun thing. You know what I mean? You just can't you just can't work, work, work all the time or you're going to burn out. So because we're able to, you know, have that balance and and know our market and stuff like that, we're able to achieve the goals that we want to. So and that was that, that's what I'll leave you with. It's just kind of just like just be aware. And if you're aware, you're going to be able to really have the competitive advantage. Dude, I love it. You've dropped some bombs on this. And I I really like your the entrepreneurial side of how you figure things out and you overcome obstacles and you've got a bunch of different streams and you're thinking outside the box. And, you know, when I, when I hit you up, I was like, dude, this guy's, he's killing it. He does music. This is awesome. We were Marines like, cool. I don't know that I realized how deep in the business side you were. And this has been really, really cool to see how insightful and how thoughtful you are about the way that you go about these things. Um, I may, I may just have to convince you to come back on sometime and we go way deeper because this is, this is a lot of fun conversation. Anytime, bro. Anytime, bro. And, you know, whatever else you want me to talk about next time, I'm totally down. But yeah, man, I just I have so much respect for you. I, I just see your grind and your hustle and and what you're doing for this whole community and, you know, beyond for for serving the country. So first of all, thank you for that. But then also you're still serving. You're still adding to the community and the nation with what you're doing now. So it's just that mutual respect that I have for you, too. So I had to come through on the pod, bro. I love it. I appreciate it. Where can people get a hold of you when they want to check out your tunes? Where's the best place? Like they told us in the military, KISS method. Keep it simple, stupid. <laughs> Everywhere at the Marine Rapper. If you type that in, I pop up. Easy. TMR. Raymond Lott, the Marine Rapper. And it's just Sir. Cool. I love it. So, Raymond, Thank thanks for joining us today. This has been phenomenal. I've had a great time. Thank you for tolerating my technical difficulties in the middle there, <laughs> making this a very unique show. Oh, Thank you for to tolerating my scheduling too. I really appreciate you. I know it's hard on the uh, the holidays and stuff like that, and and bear with me as well. So I appreciate you. Much love to you and your fam. Absolutely, brother. You have a great day. Let me sign this. You too, out. man. Peace. <laughs>